morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Mm, I will stand by you. I will help you through. Oh, I got this song stuck in my head, and it's called I Won't Let Go by Rascal Flats. And um, I've just been practicing in it, practicing it, and practicing it. And I'm really loud, like in my apartment building, I get pretty loud. But I just absolutely love this song, and I feel like God speaks to all of us through this song. Like he will stand by us. He will dry our tears and he will fight our fights. He will hold us tight and never let go. So every time I hear that song and it just plays over and over. I love music so much. Literally music will play all the same song will play in my head. So when I post a song, that is usually how I feel. And it plays over and over and over in my head. It's craziness, you guys. So yesterday, something interesting happened to me and I want to share the actual feeling of the experience to kind of give you, excuse me, um, an explanation of what it feels like uh, to, um, to maybe explain some of the negative emotions that go on with us. Oftentimes we will get triggered to be angry and will blame the thing that triggered us even though that is not usually the case and most of the time that's another person we'll blame that other person for the reason we feel so not in a good mood and usually that person has nothing to do with it they were just being who they were supposed to be um, it usually comes because we haven't dealt with past issues. Now, a lot of the times the issues is because we chose, we choose to go against the grain of what we were designed to be. And what I mean by that mean, but, but, but obviously I can never talk on a Saturday. So I ate cookie dough a little bit early, you guys, and a little bit on the sugar fringes. No apologies. Like I got, I got a whole container of raw cookie dough in my fridge right now that I made ahead of time, and I make two cookies for my snack every day. But thus begins the challenge of not eating the cookie dough. And yeah, that didn't happen this morning. I ate the cookie dough, so I'm a little bit maybe off my rocker, off my chair, out of my mind. Got a little bit sugar high going on. So no apologies. It made me feel good. I like cookie dough. <laughs> so what I mean by, um, why did I lose my train of thought, you guys? So when we get triggered by somebody and we release the anger, usually it's because of anger that we have, because we went against when we have deep resentment and anger built within us, it's because we are oftentimes going against the grain of which we were designed to be, such as speaking out, saying the truth, letting loving things out in the world, doing what God asks us to do, right? Okay. So now, for instance, I was in a situation yesterday and um, God wanted me to... Uh, um, speak to this person and say good morning to them. Um, and I was like, okay, I can do it. I can do this. I can, I can do this. Um, but it, the thing about it is, is 
because I don't talk to this person very often, um, I was just like, it's so weird for me to randomly just, and I said that, God, it's so weird for me to randomly just go out and be like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, uh, and I know that sounds like, so who cares? But in my head, I allowed that fear to really consume me. And in the end, it was easier to avoid the situation. That's what I did. I avoided the situation. I knew the person was right there and I completely avoided the situation by not like engaging or being close enough to engage in any kind of, you know, visual or verbal contact. And I was able to be like, you know, I'm, I was like, God, I'm just not going to deal with it right now. I just, I'm not ready. I just don't want to do it. I think this is a better way. You know, it just, it's, you know, I justified it. What I was talking about yesterday, I justified it by lying to myself in my brain. So away I went, you know, trying to be like, you know, I'm all right. You know, I'm, it's okay. You know, everything will be okay. And I didn't, you know, um, you know, even though I really wanted to, you guys, and I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it, but I really let fear hold me back. And I don't know why. And um, so I went to work and it really kicked in. I suddenly, my soul was very sad. And I suddenly felt very not happy with myself. And I started like, I really just had to look at myself and I had to write it out to God, you know, because I do a lot of writing in the day too. And I was like, I can't believe I let fear hold me back from something you asked me to do. And now my soul is crying out from pain and suffering, from turning my back on what you had, what was your will. So you guys, I spent the day being very, very stuck in my head. And one of my coworkers, we were folding laundry and he goes, are you okay? You seem like in a bad mood. And I was like, nah, I'm just reflecting. You know, I just, I shoved it off as nothing, but people could see it on my face. Like I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm so obvious anymore. So you guys, when we go against the will of God, the grain of what we were designed to do, what he asks us to do, we really are causing ourselves our own pain and suffering because our soul weeps at us not following God's plan because our soul is trying to guide us too. Like this is where healing is at. See, my healing was in stepping outside of myself and listening to God and believing that just saying hi could change somebody's day. Like, and obviously I wanted to engage in, in the interaction. Why was I holding myself back? This is a true story, you guys. I don't know why out of fear and it was how that's how easy it is for fear to come in and consume me so not did it only control me not engaging in a behavior or an act or a situation that I wanted to that was God's will it also was able to kind of self-destruct my thought process for the day to really make me sit there and go this was a it was like I was I was really sad I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty sad. I was sad that I didn't do what God asked me to do. And even though it's a little thing, that little thing caused a great deep emptiness inside of me, you guys, because there was God's love at the end of fulfilling His will. And because I didn't fulfill His will in that moment, I was empty of God's love. 
and I, I, you know, and God, he loves me through it, but this was almost a training for him. He's training me that you got to stop letting fear hold you back. So I went the whole day feeling that empty feeling, which I needed to feel because let me tell you, I'm not going to let it happen again. Like that was, I haven't felt that in a really, really long time. I haven't felt that since he tried to, he did broke me of a, a terrible eating disorder that I had up until last year, but I'm not going to get into that in this live. I'm actually going to discuss that at some point in time. I'm going to give a little bit of a, a preview that there are a couple of podcasts that I have that I'm working on, but I just, the time isn't quite right yet. When I sit down and do it, I'll do it. But one of them was about, is about um, an eating disorder I had from the time I was 14 until the time I was 35 and I could not kick it. I could not kick the addiction to this eating uh, disorder until last year when God used his love, just like he is, like he did yesterday, when God used his love to show me that his love is greater than wanting to, um, <laughs> God showed me something right now, than wanting to have the addiction of um, throwing up my food. See now, like what God did yesterday, he's showing me that his love is greater than sitting in fear and giving into fear because I never am going to do that again. Like I have to have God's love. If I, when I didn't have it yesterday, like my day crumbled. It didn't crumble. Like I kept moving. I did what I was supposed to do, but the inside of me was so, so very empty and so, so very sad. And I don't want to feel that way. I don't like feeling that way. So you guys, this is how God will use his love to uncondition you from toxic conditioned behaviors, such as toxic eating disorders, um, addiction, mindsets, um, overcoming fear like he is now. Like now I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. Like that is not going to override because I am not going to feel that empty feeling anymore. So that was such a an unveiling for me, you guys. So when I talk about unveilings, here it is. I, yesterday, I went through an emotional struggle because of my own choices. And those were the consequences of my choices. So now, um, what? Why am I losing train? Like right in the middle of that, like my mind went completely blank, you guys. Whoa, like, okay, backtrack. Um, Wow, like my mind literally went blank. I think it's age, you guys. I'm chalking it up to age. Um, I don't even know where I was at with that. Uh, so, oh, the unveiling. Thank you, God. So, um, there are unveilings in many faces to the things we go through. Like yesterday I was going through the struggle. I went through the emotional struggle. That was the consequences to my choices. I caused my own pain and suffering. And so I had to make sure not to reflect that out to other people, which I did my very best, but you know, like, and I was just honest with people. I just, I'm in my head right now. And that's, that's what I tell them. I'm in my head and they understand. But, um, 
the unveiling of it was I really drove it home within myself that fear is not greater than God's love. Like I just, it really hit home for me and I would never give in to fear like that again in that situation. So in that pain and suffering, I gained something of great value when I allowed myself to open my heart, to allow God to give me the wisdom and understanding to show me the unveiling and that there's two sides to every story. Boom, gonna drop it there, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot. So you guys, what a beautiful thing. What it was it was painful, but it was beautiful. To me, what a beautiful thing. And that is how God, that is my goal. Goal, the goal, God, face my fears. Okay? I'm facing my fears, and God is using his love to uncondition me from freezing in fear. And right yesterday was just one of those lessons that forever changed how I looked at being fearful. How beautiful is God to be able to do this for me? You guys, he's, you know, and no human could do this. This really is only the spirit in God, you know, and walking like Jesus. Mm. So today's daily bread, I want to drink of this, is... It's called Day of Encouragement. Okay. And the verse comes from. I'm going to say. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. I'm pretty sure I got that right. We urge you, brothers and sisters, encourage the disheartened. This is so, so very beautiful, you guys. God has placed specific people in my life that are, I'm very, I feel so spiritually close to. And oftentimes without, you know, it's just God will be like, I want you to message him. I want you to send him this, or I want you to do that. And they're just, it's encouragement. But there's also strangers in the world that I meet that it's just like, I really do believe when they say they want to do something, they can. Take for instance, the last time I was at the park, the young man who hangs out with a crowd of kids that, you know, they have lots of toxic behavior, but he was brave enough to come up and ask if he could sing a song, you know, um, on my system out in the park. And I was just so, just, what a beautiful thing for this child. He's a child to have this kind of bravery to want something and really step outside of that fear and ask for it because I'm sure it isn't easy for him to approach me. Um, You know, it's, I know it wasn't. I can tell on the look in his face. I'm just going to be blunt like that. I knew it wasn't easy for him to approach me and to ask because he feared he was going to get rejected um, because he's probably been rejected a lot just because of the group of kids I know that they are and that they get mislooked at. People are looking at them as their behavior instead of looking at them that they're children that are lost in this world and they need guidance. Mm, It's such a sad, beautiful thing. So when he asked me, I said, yes. I go, but I'm trusting you that you're going to take care of my stuff. I don't want some kid to come up and start throwing my mic around, but you know, then it was in God's hands. 
this boy sang such a beautiful song. And now I can't even remember what it is. Seven years by, or yeah, seven years. Uh, when I was seven years old or something by somebody Graham, Billy, not Billy Graham. Anyway, I'm going to get lost. So he sang this song and, you know, his friends were around the corner laughing, thinking, wow, can't believe he's doing it. But they were laughing at him. And I just sat out there in the crowd and just, you know, when it was done, I told him, I was like, when you want something, you keep asking until you get it. If somebody tells you no, you go to the next person, you go to the next person, you go to the next person. You never give up because what you did was very brave. And there is a blessing for you in this world as long as you keep pursuing it. And I think they asked me, are you some church girl? And I was like, yeah, but I'm not doing this for church. I do this because I love it. So you guys, it's in moments when I see that this child may not have anybody in his life right now giving him encouragement, that it's like what you did, like reward the good behavior, reward stepping up and asking for something you really wanted to do. Like, you know how many times as a child I wanted to go up and ask somebody to sing a song like that and I never did because I was so scared and I, I, was, I feared rejection. And for him, I wanted him to be rewarded for stepping out and facing that fear because we need to do that. Children are our future. Mm, I'm just, so we need to step up and encourage our children, you guys. Like I've been on one about kids lately. It's been, I don't, there was something in my college course right now that's asking why would the government target um, health issues with children? And it really got me stepping outside of myself to think that's because they're our future. Like we need to, to handle the issues within children now while it's easy to handle versus waiting until they're adult like me. So I've been on this thing with children, encouraging children, how we handle our children, how we raise our children. In fact, I posted a video yesterday, like I just, you know, maybe controversial. I don't know what people think. It's just that is my view and that is my belief and I stand in it. So you guys, we do need to encourage people that are disheartened I mean, you don't know, you may be, I lived in a world where that wasn't so. I was rewarded for toxic behavior. I was rewarded for manipulation. I remember, you know, getting companies to give us deals for a hotshot company because I was manipulating and I was charming. And you know, I was rewarded for that. I was, oh, Christine, you're just so good. And oh, look at you, just Christine's the best. Like, I was rewarded for being a manipulator and for being charming and taking advantage of a situation instead of just being straight up. So um, I was very much in a very backwards uh, group of people in a very backwards relationship, in a very backwards lifestyle. And I thought that was correct. I didn't know there was a different life out there. So I was just living the life that I knew until I experienced something different. And when I did, it changed me. I keep coming back to that moment. I keep coming back to that, like, there was just a moment in my time, in my life, when I did experience something different and it just, it woke me up to I was, I didn't like who I was or how I was in this world. I just keep on coming back to that. And I, I don't know why you guys, God keeps bringing me back 
to that moment. So eventually he'll show me wisdom and understanding to it. But if I keep repeating that moment in my life, it's because God keeps bringing me back in my thought process. As I'm talking, you guys, like right now as I'm talking, I'm usually in the thought process and the words just kind of flow out and God's just kind of leading me. But I realize sometimes he brings me back to the same thing. And he does that because he wants me to think about it. So you guys, you know, revelation, God wants me to reflect on that moment. Sounds like I'm going to be meditating today on that moment. That's what God's tried to show me. And see, right now he's just like, yes, you got it, Christine. So when you are in one with God and he keeps bringing you back to a same moment in your life, just like he did with me, I'm sitting here like every day for weeks and weeks, I've come back to this moment in my life to these specific or a specific person. And I'm just like, it did change my life. Like I didn't know I didn't know how wrong I was in my thinking and that changed me and it woke me up. Mm. So it'll be interesting what I meditate about you guys. And if it's really good, I'll share it like I did the last one, which was kind of cool. So the story is called Day of Encouragement and it goes, first responders show dedication and courage daily by being on the front lines when disaster occurs. Thank you to all you first responders. God bless you for serving your communities and your country faithfully, you know, in the face of fear, like you protect what's yours and us as a society is yours. It's such a beautiful thing. In the attack on the World Trade Center in New York City in 2001, when thousands of people were killed or injured, more than 400 responders, the U.S. Senate designated September 12th as the National Day of Encouragement. Amen. When, while it may seem unique that the government would declare a national day of encouragement, the Apostle Paul certainly thought that this was needed for the growth of church. He commended the young church in Thessalonica, a city in Macedonia, to encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Although they were going through some persecution, Paul encouraged the believers to always strive to do what's good for each other and for everyone else. Mm. He knew that as humans, they would be prone to despair, selfishness, and conflict. Yes, that is our survival, our first instinct, because that's what's been conditioned into us, is to behave this way, you guys. It's all learned behavior. Our first response are these things. But he also knew that they would not be able to uplift one another without God's help and strength. Things are no different today. We all need to be uplifted. We need to do the same for those around us. Yet we can't do it in our own strength. That's why Paul's encouragement that the one who calls on you, Jesus, is faithful and he will do it, is so reassuring. With his help, we encourage one another every day. How can a word of encouragement help dis- help keep despair away? Who can you encourage today? Jesus, thank you for the encouragement you give me each day. Show me who I need to encourage as well. Amen. You guys, this is so, so very beautiful. I did not know September 12th was the day of encouragement. I just learned something. What a beautiful day. Like, I love days like that. I can be extra, extra. I don't know. I'm going to go out and encourage somebody. I kind of have this morning, but um, 
And what a beautiful thing that even back in the biblical days, you know, our human, our first human instinct, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, you guys, do you know, we were cursed. We were cursed because of those toxic choices. And now each individual person has the ability to um, cleanse all that karma. That's what I would call it. That's what I've been going through the last year. God has been cleansing me out of those mindsets, out of that karma, out of my choices. But not only saying I had to let it go, I had to start living my life having let it go. I had to change everything I was doing to let those things go. So it's not just saying, I want to let it go and it's gone. No, you let it go and you have to change something in your life because in order for that thing to be truly let go, you have to let go of the behaviors and the mindsets that keep holding on to that. Like the piece of you that keeps holding on to the toxicity, you have to change the behavior, the lifestyle to get rid of it. I will take, for example, what do I want to say? Oh, you guys, talk to slapping. I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm like heated up now. It was a cookie dough. I swear it was the cookie dough. So you guys, I did a video on a pair of shorts. If you ever watched it, if you didn't, I had these old pair of shorts that were, they would have been flattering, okay? Let's say they were very skin tight. They were short. They had holes all over them. In today's society, everybody be like, oh, those are like, you know, those are really good looking. And where I'm at in my life, they no longer fit me. So what I mean by that is, I had changed from being the person that needed to be validated by letting go of makeup, by letting go of curling irons, by letting go of clothes that were snug to my body or revealing, um, by letting go of those things that made me look a certain way so people would like me. I had to be who I was and allow those who were true to me to come near me. So came a time when I came across these shorts in my bag of like clothes that I had to let go. And I tried them on and suddenly, you know, I was like, wow, you know, I could feel the difference in myself. I felt very cheap in these shorts. So you guys, it's not only did I have to let go of the mindset of needing to be validated by the way I dressed, by the way I spoke, by the way I carried myself, by the makeup I did, I, I stopped needing to be validated by others. And then I was living my life just being who I was, just being simple me. And eventually came around a time where I realized like I'd also let go of the things that um, that fed that toxic ego part of me, such as makeup, curling irons, hair products, clothes, all of those things I let go. Um, right down to I had a car. This car like was embedded with my ego. I drank so much in this car. I really, every time I got in it, my ego just flared up. I had to get rid of it. I had to let it go. I could never drive that car again and continue on with my life. So not only do you got to change your mindset, you have to change the physical things around you and you also have to change your behavior and you have to make it a lifestyle. You have to make it a habit. And for those of you who don't know, it takes 21 to 30 days to create a physical and mental habit. Okay. So Every month, God was working on something with me to change that part about me. So once I changed my mind, 
and I change my behavior and I let go of the things that, you know, fed into those negative behaviors and I live that way for a while, I now am at this point where I love who I am and I love my life. I would never change it for the world and I'm so glad I went through the pain of letting those things go. I hope that makes sense. That was a lot. That was a lot that just came out of my mind. So when it talks about our basic, our first response instincts, those are the instincts that we're raised in. You know, we're not just born with them. We're raised in it because most parents are that way. Most parents' response to, as humans, they are prone to despair, selfishness, and conflict. And if, you know, it's so rare, even me, I cannot deny despair and selfishness. There are things where I catch myself and I go, God, I just want it because I'm being selfish. I, I catch myself all the time with that. And that's okay because I'm only human. So those are our first response. But it's in when I'm vulnerable and I reach out to my children and I tell them that was, that was selfish. You know, I shouldn't be behaving this way. I'm sad right now just because I'm getting stuck in my emotions and I'm, I'm honest with my kids like I am like this. Like I'm in bondage right now and I need to get out of it and I'm going to keep moving forward and it'll be all right. So, But it's in that that my children learn that sometimes what I do is not always correct. So they go, oh, okay, but they see me working through it so that they too learn the skills when they go through it to work through it. It's a lot, you guys. This is so, so very beautiful. So you guys, when it comes down to how can a word of encouragement keep despair away? You guys, at one point in time, I there was a picture that popped up on my Facebook from 10 years ago. I was 26 years old. Um, this was the last year of marriage with my now ex-husband. <clears throat> and I don't speak about him very often. I hated that marriage. Those were some really dark, dark years. I stayed with that man and I didn't love him. And I despised his family. I didn't like their lifestyle. I didn't like who they were as people. They were toxic people. He was always scamming somebody. He was always taking advantage of the system. He was always just being that mooch in life. And that's what I saw him as. And I'm going to be honest about it. That's what he was in this life. He was a taker in life. And it drove me absolutely just crazy because those were the friends he would hang out with. And it would just be like, oh, I just can't stand it. I just, there was times I just couldn't stand it anymore. I couldn't stand that he was just such a, a loser in this life. And that's how I saw him. Oh, why I stayed with him? Because I didn't know any better. You guys, here's what it was. I grew up with that type of lifestyle. So I didn't know there was any better because I thought that that was it. Like this was it and you better make it work. Like, you know, he didn't hit you. So you shouldn't be crying about anything because I reflected on my mother's marriage and I realized like, yeah, my stepdad like busted her face often like often and I wasn't receiving that kind of treatment so it must have been like not that bad what was I crying about that's how I lied to myself to justify not just letting go and leaving him 
Oh, so um, I saw this picture this morning and I remember the day vividly we went out shooting. And man, you know, I was so alone all those years. You know, his family was so toxic. Uh, and I just, I spent so much time alone with me and my kids and I never enjoyed spending time with them. I never did. And I remember being in that picture, just miserable in that day. I, I just, I was empty. I was so, so very miserable. And you know what? I didn't know. I didn't know how to talk about what was going on inside my marriage. I was too scared to. So nobody knew what was truly going on. They just thought I was an angry person. <laughs> One of my best friends, Sarah, if you're watching, <laughs> she used to hear me scream from my we were neighbors <laughs> and she probably thought I was a little crazy um but then you know I started letting her in in my life I started letting somebody in oh I'm gonna cry about it because I love her man she's my one of my best friends and I started letting her in on what was going on in my marriage and she's just like it's kind of messed up you know, she was, she was honest and I started seeing things like, yeah, you know, I don't like, like this isn't normal. And, um, man, like it really changed me to invite somebody in my life and start being honest to where it was in that next year I left him. There was just one day I went home and I said, you're leaving or I'm leaving, but either way, we are no longer together. I can't be with you anymore. There's just, you're too much of a liar. I can't be with this anymore. And you guys, you know, I, yes, I do believe making a marriage work, but this man was, it was not God coveted, okay? It was not in God's will for me, or it wasn't meant for me to stay with this man. And he just wasn't a, a holy man either. So I know that God was preparing me to leave him. But there was so many people after I left him were like, we didn't know how to tell you. We didn't know how to tell you. But it was because I put those walls up, you guys. So nobody could tell me. But you know what? It was... I remember the words of encouragement from her, but it's hard, you guys. Like I look back and realize I didn't give anybody an opportunity to give me words of encouragement, not when it came to what was needed to be said. I was very resilient so much, like as much as I am now. I That's a real struggle for me. Like I can really shove people out of my life. It's very, very easy for me to be isolated. God's working on that with me. But, you know, I remember one moment where somebody told me, I love when you're around. You add value to my life. And I had never heard that before. I'd never heard those words before. And it just, I was like, I do? I had value 
I was so confused. I knew what it meant, but I had never heard it directed towards me. And, uh, oh man, God's got me reflecting you guys. And I'm so sorry. I'm trying to stay focused. It took me a while. And I really, part of me feared when I heard that because I wasn't sure if the words were real or if they were just said to like, you know, I wasn't sure what the motivation behind the words were because I was always, I was at a point in time where I didn't trust anybody. Like I didn't trust anybody. Like what they said to me was meant for some form of like, I was so confused after coming out of everything. I just had so much in my head and I was so terrified. I just didn't trust anybody. So when I heard these words, part of me was like, I can't believe I just heard that. And then the other part was like, I don't know, like, like, are they just messing with me? Because I've been lied to before. But those words really changed me. And even to this day, you guys see, like, see how it still affects me to this day. And I look back and I, and I realize I did. There was a good part of me that shone around this person. And, um, and I, I am, we do add value to others' lives when the good part of us shows, when we're happy, when we're genuinely happy and we're just, we're just being good people. So that really, um, you know, changed how I wanted to be in this world. That was one of those moments where it really, I knew I didn't like who I was. So and how can you encourage today? You guys, I do it every day. You know what? That is the challenge. And I really cannot drive this one home enough. Okay. We need to be encouraging somebody at least once a day. Once a day, you should be touching up on somebody else's life. Whether it's via Facebook, whether it's via um, TikTok, something in person is the best because when people see your face and they see it they believe it like it's the people that i'm close to i'm close to them because they know they see it in my face they feel it in my hugs like i genuinely care about them they feel god's love through me and you guys you have to, I can't say this enough. It will change how you feel about yourself to encourage somebody once a day. You guys, I'm trying to think. I, I don't always let a lot of people in my life. So God is most of the time the one encouraging me. And that is by fault of my own. That is on my own accord because I just choose not to. I just don't want a lot of people around me. You know what? The encouragement they give is not as good as the one, you know, God's is real to me. So I just, but I love to be the one going out there, seeing things and being like, that's right. Keep, keep going. Um, oh, what was it yesterday? Or what was it this morning? We had to do our breathalyzer this morning, you guys, and they forgot. So we sat out there for almost an hour waiting and it was a little bit cold. Some people had to work. It was a little like, like wondering why, but ultimately like I'm at a place in a space in my life where I'm like, okay, God, you know, you're teaching me. I got to have patience. I'm good. So I was the last one in there. And this woman was so apologetic. She goes, I forgot. And I am so sorry you had to wait that long. And I go, listen, if jail taught me anything, it was to be patient. 
And you guys, I was just like, I hope you have a wonderful day. Don't even worry about it. Everybody's good. And it's like, it's just easing that anxiety of like, I can't imagine this woman. Like she doesn't, people, she didn't want us sitting out there for an hour. It's not like they intended to forget about us. You know, life happens. And to sit there and be like, have to be like, I can't believe you, blah, blah, blah. And just really put that, like the bricks of despair on her even more. Nah, nah. You know what? It ain't nothing. Like, don't even stress about it. The day's over. We all got in. It's all good. Like, everybody is satisfied now. Let's just keep moving through the day. That's encouraging, you guys. We have to be that way. We have to be the positive one against all odds. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes in there's some situations, and often it's up at this 24-7, I'm probably the most positive person there. The most talkative, the most positive. Because so many people are still lost they're lost in this world. They're lost in their, you know, in what triggered the reason for them to get into trouble. Whereas I've been through a lot of healing. So, you know, oftentimes I spend, um, you know, a lot of conversations just encouraging, getting people to think about like, you know, what do you really want to do? You know, what is your passion? What are you here for? Huh? Just encouraging them to like, And I could possibly be the only person in their day that isn't, you know, downcasting them or anything. And it feels good to be the person to uplift in this world. Like, I want to be a giver in this world. That's what I am. I am an obedient servant of God and I serve God's love. That's what I do every day. I serve his love. Anyway, you guys, your challenge. You need to dish out some encouragement. God is serving you. God is plating it up, you guys. God has handed you a cup of encouragement, okay? And instead of just drinking it to yourself, you need to start passing around the cup, you guys, okay? God's cup of encouragement, okay? Pass it around. You know what I like to do? I like to sit and bake a lot of cookies, and I'm not kidding, like, I'll sit and bake. I'll sit and cook, I'll make a big pot of soup. I'll do all these things, And then I'll just start passing it out. I'll pass it out to my neighbors. That's why my neighbors like me. That's why the people in my neighborhood like me. Because I'm giving out cookies and I'm giving out food and I'm giving out, you know, t-shirts with my logo on it, you guys. God's love. I made quite a few of these one night for some of the kids in the neighborhood. And this lady's like, you're just the sweetest person. I'm like, it's all God. Listen, it's all God. He made this possible. And that's what I say. It isn't me. It's all God. When I'm passing out, like, soup. I remember taking soup and they're like, why are you... Little girl, why are you doing this? God asked me to. And here I am. But in that grew a relationship with those people. And now that they they see me as God's love, you guys. And it all comes around to that, that name. I absolutely love that name. So you guys, there's your challenge. Encourage somebody. Be the encourager. Don't wait for somebody else to encourage you. Be the one to encourage. Be the light. Shine brighter than negativity. There was a post this morning that said, when there's too much negativity, I walk away, something like that. And I go, no, no. You shine your light brighter so that they have to put on their shades to be around you. Be that brightness. Be that bright, brilliant white. Mm, Guys. So I love you. You have a wonderful, wonderful Saturday. You have your challenge of encouraging somebody today. Now you guys, leave a comment. 
um, leave a question. I do try to read my things. I do not answer to PMs. I'm going to tell you right now, I do not answer to PMs. Um, I get so many and, uh, like I believe whatever needs to be said needs to be said underneath the actual video. So if you have anything, if you have anything you want to share, any, I've had people share their distresses with these videos, share it. You find healing in sharing yourself out with the world. We are here to encourage. So I love you guys. God bless and amen.